It's week five of Moon Knight here on Infinity Rewatch. And that also means it's week five of still no Marvel board game. I don't know, at least on my end. Ryan, how is your end? Please tell me the postman has been kinder to you. Uh, the postman, the postman's on standby for me uh, because my order is planned to ship out in June. In June. So, as long oh, as everything boy. is kosher, as long as everything's kosher, just gotta wait one more month and we're good. Okay, all right. The time frame is good. The time frame is good. I actually, I do have an update. Um, I was lying a little bit Ooh. when I said it was all quiet. I got uh, two emails today from Canada Post, two tracking emails. Uh, so if all goes according to what they say, um, I think a few episodes back here in the Moon Knight thing, I guessed that it was going to show up on May 4th because like that was the last day of Moon Knight and everything. If all goes what Canada Post says it will, it looks like it might be around there. Right now it's saying estimated arrival Monday, uh, May 2nd. So everything is really slow right now. So I'll give it a couple days leeway. It might end up getting here on May 4th. <laughs> Maybe in a perfect world, I'll get up, I'll watch Moon Knight, and then I'll hear a ring at the doorbell. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be really nice. I think that would be a delightful surprise for you, considering considering if we talk about schedules, um, that you're not, we're not, okay, here's the thing. If we're talking schedules here, you're going to get Moon Knight and Doc Strange next week, back to back. So mm -hmm. you're getting Moon Knight on Wednesday. And it's, it's my favorite kind of week, people. Moon Knight finale on Wednesday, and then uh, Doctor Strange premiere on Thursday. And and you'll get your board games, and then you're on hiatus till Kenobi, which is at the end of the month. Damn right. Yes. It, it would be, that would be just a sweet, sweet week. Um, and I mean, there's nothing like, there's no better way to celebrate Star Wars Day than with a bunch of Marvel stuff happening. Like that's <laughs> exactly. Uh, so on that note, next week's going to be uh, a little bit more cluttered, but in a good way for people who like to listen to double feature. Double, double feature. Put us on your car radio. Drive with your sweetheart to make out point next to the drive-in movie theater because we have a double feature that is better than whatever your local drive-in theater is playing probably <laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't know what's out right now but ours is probably better what right? sonic at sonic you're gonna go see sonic, sonic, you're gonna go see sonic too? really fast <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't despise that movie i really i'm actually being honest here i do not despise it i think it's really cool and it's really fun and it's really family all joy and he goes really fast but like but freaking dr strange <laughs> Sonic yeah, 2 if though. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, it's not as exciting as watching it live because really right now I almost took my laptop with me on a trip. One day you will. One day the laptop will hit the ground. And <laughs> yeah. we, will, we will keep going and it'll just be a shot of your ankles for like 45 minutes. But it'll be an amazing shot of your ankles. Um, That's it. Sonic 2, man, you you are missing out on some fun. It is, it is a really Am fun. I missing out on him going really, really fast? He goes really, really fast. And then there's another part where he goes slightly even faster than that. <laughs> I already I already have a feeling of how that franchise is going to play out already. And I haven't seen the sequel yet. But I, I know how it's going to play out. Well, at the end of the movie and the credits, Samuel Jackson shows up. And he says, so I want to talk to you about the Smash Brothers initiative. 
<laughs> that is a way better outcome than what I think. And then Chris Pratt opens the door and he's like, "Hey, it's me, Mario. You wanna you wanna join me on um, my adventure on the whitest Mario ever made? Hey, it's me. That's that's my Chris Pratt voice." I'm actually kind of expecting now that that I it may not be that film, but I feel like that's coming. I feel like they could do a video game universe and pull a pull a big Smash Brothers thing. I honestly think that can happen. I I believe it. I believe it. I do. I I really do think they are going in that direction, um, especially because they're really trying hard to make those characters look like those characters, right? All the Sonic stuff is like looks beautiful, and from the sounds of this Mario movie, it's gonna look like the games too. Maybe I don't know. It's been delayed, uh, just like every other thing ever that has tried to come out in the last two years. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I think I think you're not wrong. I think that's exactly what they're going for. And then, I didn't uh, even say what I, what I was expecting. You're the one that threw out the Smash Brothers. And I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> uh, and then they all team up and meet Moon Knight because that's what happens. Everything's connected now. But going back to the important thing, double feature. Double feature. So you take your sweetheart to that hill on Makeout Point, and you listen because next week Thursday night we record these. Moon Knight uh, episodes Thursday nights because that's the way our schedule mm-hmm. works. So we are going to record Moon Knight, uh, and then we are going to step out immediately after that to our local cinema and see Doctor Strong and the multinational corporation of mayhem, or I forget what it's called. And <laughs> the then multi corporation of mayhem. I like that. That's fun. <laughs> And then we come back to your place and we do the episode for that. And we will post those. Um, I, I think what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll probably end up posting them a little bit later than normal. Um, we'll see. We'll figure out how the posting is going to work. But that's what's going to happen. So you're going to get a double feature. Prepare your body and soul for that. Just saying. Yeah. Prepare body first. Use shampoo, body wash, and then your soul wash. And then you're covered. Yeah. Uh, I will also say for our fans out there, uh, you know, uh, especially our, uh, especially our, one of our more vocal and awesome fans, Jonathan. Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis. I'm going to tell you now, I just realized Jonathan Davis, that's the name of the lead singer of the band Corn. It is. We have a really famous follower. (laughs) Jonathan, if you are in fact the lead singer of the band Corn, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, indeed. I love your music. I grew up with it. I, you helped me through some dark times in my teenage years. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyways, I'm going to tell you now. Back to back, it's going to be really awesome. Uh, but as a Marvel fan, I'm warning you. I'm warning you now. Get off any news reels about Marvel at from this point on. I'm, I'm warning everybody. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I've I've seen some posts that have already made me pretty angry. and But at this point, it could be like Spider-Man No Way Home where it's like all the rumors could be true and all of them could be false. We don't know. But at the same time, protect yourselves. It's getting really ugly out there. And, it's, and a lot of things are being leaked or leaked, air quotes, uh, very quickly. So just stop any content. Stop watching trailers, TV spots all social media turn it off don't look at anything marvel related unless it's from us (laughs) 
Um, but seriously, I'm I'm warning you. I am warning you now. It's bad. It is really bad out there already. And I'm excited. But at the same, if if some of these rumors are true, I'm very excited. But at the same time, I've I've been spoiled a few times already. So I'm pretty upset. The things that you've seen without, you know, naming names or pointing fingers, are you talking you have heard slash seen things beyond what the trailers have shown? Uh, like leaks or something, or like things that are like, oh, I wish I didn't hear this. This is not an officially one. One yes, one okay. yes is a leak that's not been in the trailer. Another one has been about uh, uh, obviously the biggest. The biggest topic is Xavier in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart's played it pretty smart. He's like a lot of people are, are able to mimic my voice pretty well. But we know it's him. That goes without saying. Um, and but there's further discussions as to his involvement and backstory in this movie. So right. uh, it's been getting really ugly very quickly. So I'm warning you now. Spoilers are out there. They're they're out in circulation. Turn off your social media now, unless it's from us. Exactly. Spoilers are the worst. Having said that, spoilers are ahead for Moon Knight Episode 5, everybody. Uh, Let's talk about the pregnancy hippo. I I can't pronounce her name for the life of me. I really want to. I was really going in with homework done on this episode. I was like, I was like, Tweet, I think that's her name, but I don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) I feel so bad. Uh, her name's Conway Twitty. No, her name, it's pronounced, um, I believe it's pronounced, Oscar Isaac said it the right way in the show. Tawarit? Tawarit? Tawarit. Yeah, Tawarit. Tawarit or something like um, Pregnancy Hippo. Hippo. Pregnancy I Hippo. <laughs> I apologize profusely if I said your name wrong. Please don't judge my soul to be of less than adequate nature and throw me into the sands of everlasting torment uh, like you did to our friend Steven. But let's not jump too much ahead. Um... I think off the bat, I should say this might be my favorite thing Disney Plus has given us in terms of Marvel since that episode where Wanda makes the town from her grief and misery. I think this might be the best thing since that. You could not have set me up better because I was actually ready to do like, like, I was ready to do an episode where I would just rant the entire time, but you actually set me up really good. And now I don't even have to rant as much. So what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say is I couldn't agree more. This is definitely my, one of my favorite episodes of the entire Marvel cinematic, like Disney plus universe here. Um, And the interesting thing to me is when you think about the X-Men cartoon, why do you think you like it so much? Let me ask you that. Oh, gosh. And I think about it a lot, too, more than I should. Um, I think that's a great question. Man. Um, for me personally, I think it's because there's, first and foremost, back then, it was so novel to me because I was aware of the fact that all of these shows that were on Fox at the time were connecting. Maybe Mm. not super often, but they were, it was happening. It was built that way. 
And that blew my mind. And also there's just something about the design, not just of X-Men, but of all of those series that was so bright and colorful and exactly how I wanted Marvel cartoons to look. So the, the, just the aesthetic of it combined with, oh my God, it's, it's all part of one thing. Um, that made me fall in love with it. And at the top of the off, it was a, a pretty mature show for back then. So we, we got to kind of feel like big kids when we watched it. We were like, yeah, this show's not yeah. about boogers like the rest of the stuff I watch. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and that's exactly where I wanted you to land. I was, I was watching that arrow hit the target. Um, is the maturity is is understanding that the emotional weight of these characters like like we've seen wolverine's origin story a thousand times like we we've seen it in the cartoon however why we still love it so much is the pain he goes through like when morph when they abandoned morph and hit the pain of him abandoning his friend like that mm-hmm. kind of pain um the pain of uh of cyclops losing gene losing a loved one like these emotions they drive home and they find a way to you know maybe we don't have maybe we haven't had these emotional experiences but they find a way to give you that empathy that that connection where you're just feeling for this character and i love how you said like you know we haven't had an episode like this since like wandavision technically and it's true and and i think that you know you look at you look at the different shows that we've had with Disney plus thus far, they haven't pushed the characters enough to a point of like loss and grief that like could really be bigger. Cause like Falcon winter soldier. I mean, cap didn't necessarily die. Like he just like, he decided to live his life that yeah. he deserved to have. And, you know, and then Bucky and uh, Bucky and Sam are stuck together, you know, they, because they both have this uh, important friend. But WandaVision, like Wanda, has lost everybody in her life. She lost, she lost her brother. She lost Vision. And then she gets kids and loses them all at the same time. And she's lost Vision twice now. Uh, and she t- technically, technically, because she recreates his memory and then he dies again. Right. Uh, and then... And then on top of that is she gets she recasts her brother so she gets her brother back only to lose him again and find out that he's sick. So she loses everything again. And at that just at that point of all loss she just be like self-actualizes and becomes the scarlet witch and it's just oh it's just <laughs> so it's that's the that's the Marvel comic book moments we live for. It's like yes. at the point at the lowest point these characters are subject to the biggest change. And I love, love that. That is like one of the best storytelling mechanics you could have when it comes to hero stories. And, and that's what really resonates with me with these, with these characters is that the whole idea is that like when all hope is like completely lost, this, this person finds a way to, 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 to change and adapt to become better. And that to me, solid storytelling. Yeah, you're right. That's one they're at their best. Like why do so many people love Spider-Man 2 so much? Because it takes Peter to his absolute lowest before bringing him up again. Um, 
And there's, it, it's so funny because this episode made me realize that those sneaky little bastards over at Marvel Studios, they threw a twist into this show, Ryan, that was hiding in plain sight, kind of. Uh, you know, when we think, oh, what's going to be the twist of this show or this movie? You know, we're thinking of different things than what this ended up being. And that twist was a while back. They promised us. They said, this is going to be roughly the darkest we have taken the MCU. That's what we've been told. We, we were set up to expect this. But that the thing is, Ryan, dummies like me and the rest of us, all of us fans here, we took that word, dark, and you know what we did with it? We attributed it to violence. We attributed it to, oh, he's going to beat up some folks. He's really going to get violent, messy, and bloody. No, 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 no. They pulled the wool over our eyes. This was the, they're right, it was the darkest that it ended up being. But it was dark from a psychological standpoint. It was dark from a standpoint of, oh, my God, this is awful. I can't believe this character had to go through this in this big colorful, family-friendly, you know, series we've all been enjoying for the past decade and a half now. I can't believe there's now a character who is a big part of it who was like, who lost a brother as a child and was verbally and, let's face it, physically abused by his mom who blamed him for it. And it ruined his life and fractured his psyche. That is what they meant. And I love that. I wish I could go back and find those quotes because I want to know how carefully worded they were. But I love how... They said it in a way that every single one of us, because we've got one track mind sometimes, is we were all like, ooh, yeah, he's going to beat up people like the Punisher. It's like, no, 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 that's not the kind of dark we're talking about, baby. but you don't know that yet. And that's just, it, it took this episode to show us that. And when that clicked for me, it blew my mind and it, it nudged Moon Knight right up there with Wanda, WandaVision for me now for like, the two best that they have done on this platform. Absolutely, man. I mean, they, you're right. You're right. Cause, cause, and it, you know what? Technically it's not our fault. It's, it's their fault because every time they say dark and tragic, it's just, it's, or sorry, when they say dark and grounded, that's what they mean. It's like a dark, violent, you know, you know, very noir kind of experience. But when it's done right, it should be tragic. It should feel it. You should feel like you're in a dark place and you need to crawl out of it with the character. You need to endure with the character. And that when you have that moment that when the when the character finally rises above, you start to feel like you could rise above something. And that to me, ooh, just mm, that's the good kind of dark I like. Um, So absolutely right. And this episode is a brilliantly constructed, fresh origin story. That's what this was. This is a fresh take on an origin story. And it was Mm -hmm. fun. And what I like about it is I love and I got what I wanted. I mean, they've checked off every Moon Knight box I've wanted in this entire uh, this entire miniseries here is they, you know, they made him feel insane and they still make you question if he actually is insane, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. which is the mental asylum is so good. It's so smart. And, uh, and then we jump into it. Now, the funny thing is, is we go through the different rooms, uh, the memories, and there's a moment where even I got fooled. And I almost thought we got a Jake Lockley moment because they keep kind of painting the picture a certain way for comic book fans. They're kind of like, 
streets of New like the streets of New York kind of thing, and he's around cars, so maybe he's gonna be like a Jake Lockley. But no, actually, I what I kind of like though is they really focus on the construction of the of the personalities and like of the character as opposed to just kind of like again just fully on being like well you know he's steve grant he's jake lockley because he has multiple this is you know personality disorder no they went deep into this and they're like okay this is why he has it and there's obviously a traumatic yes. experience of this oh dude that was that's going up there for me for like some of my favorite moments in this franchise that gasp moment of the mom is banging on the door and he's like this isn't happening this isn't happening and he looks up and he sees that poster for that god-awful movie and he just kind of something snaps and he's like oh cool blowing me this room's dirty isn't it and it's like you you're not laughing because you realize how utterly disturbing that is to see this mm -hmm. kid go through that Dude, that moment. Like, I still have goosebumps from it, and I watched it over 24 hours ago. Like, that is what I'm talking about. That is how, how like, this story grew leaps and bounds for me right there in that room, in that one particular slice of time. Loved it. Absolutely. And this is, uh, this also, what I liked about it, too, is they did the Spider-Man formula, but the next evolution of it. They don't, mix, they don't show you the whole origin story. They don't. They show you the critical moments and make up the origin story, which is perfect. Like, if you go back to Homecoming, Spider bit me. I'm now Spider-Man. Or Spider bit me, and I had to make some hard choices, and now I'm Spider-Man. Right. Right? Moon Knight is childhood drama, led me to become a mercenary, and then you literally go to the place of his origin. That's it. Like, and and that to me is absolutely brilliant. Like you, because now you you have now created the middle ground for fans to come to the middle and be like, oh, I remember this, this, and this, that, which led to this. But you also the people in the back of the theater going, oh, that's really cool. This is a really interesting backstory. I want to know more. And now you meet perfectly in the middle. And so that's, it's perfect. And interesting things here to discuss uh, as, as, as we do. Uh, first of all, his brother is actually mentioned. Yes, he his is. His brother is actually mentioned. So uh, obviously they, they changed it for this story, which I think definitely works in the context, which is oh, obviously yeah. kill him. They could pull a uh, winter soldier and assume he's dead, but he's actually not. We don't know. Because again, as as far as we know with this miniseries, they're only planning for this, the six episodes. That's it. That's kind of like his movie, and that's all we need to know. And then we may see him later on. But cool part is we did get the nod of his brother, which was really neat to see. Um, and it was a fun way to tell the story. And then you, uh, yeah, having the Steve Grant thing. Now the other interesting side of this is we get to the origin story a little bit. And he actually shows, which we called, we predicted this. We predicted this outcome. What did we say? We said it in the last two episodes of Moon Knight. We said that they're going to reenact the origin story through his death. And they did. He got shot. And like, as when he was shot before, 
and we go back to the memory of when he becomes Moon Knight. Thank you. My name <laughs> is Ryan J. Marvel, and that's Infinity Rewatch, people. We're done. Thank you. That's it. We're done, like, for real. Like, this is the final episode of our whole show. Like, we can't get any better. Um, you're, you're giving me too much credit, my friend, because I think this prediction was all you. I think yeah. you were, you, I think I'm pretty sure you were all like, this is the perfect place to do it. And you started knocking on Kevin Feige's door and saying, I know you're going to do it next week. I and know. he was like, sir, please leave. My lawyers yeah. are on their way. Um, yeah, th this was the great place to put it. Uh, we, we I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he didn't reveal that he's like my great uncle or like, uh, or, you yeah. know, some relatives. <laughs> My my actual dad. No, just kidding. I love my dad. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, speaking, uh, speaking of dads, uh, I thought Mark Spector's dad looked a lot like J.J. Abrams. Uh, he did. J.J., I... <laughs> uh, you, you got a twin out there, buddy. Uh, we got yeah. a, a comment here from Argyle Smith. Argyle says, this show is getting too odd for me now. Uh, well, my friend, all I'm going to say is I really hope that you start – like I really hope the show grows on you because – what we got coming up is Multiverse of Madness and Love and Thunder, which looks like nothing but oddness for like four straight hours. So I, I really hope the odd grows on you, my friend, because I want you to enjoy these films. I think I think the oddness is kind of a it's kind of a purpose, like it's kind of one of those outcomes they want you to have. Because I've noticed this with a few people. A lot of people, like, even our our third co-host, which we usually have on here every once in a while, which is Anna, she doesn't know why she likes this show. She doesn't know. She likes it. She just can't explain why. And uh, even when I explained what I think would be the reason why you would like it, didn't quite, you know, didn't quite make her go, yeah, that's totally it. No, she kind of was still... But I think that's the outcome of the show because we're in a stage of... We're in a phase of Marvel where you now have to question the reality of the MCU, which is, right. which is poetically brilliant. Like if you think about it, it's so smart. And Argyle, I, I want to converse with you. So throw another message in the chat. Let me know why you think it's odd and why it's too odd for you now. I, cause I'm, I'm genuinely interested because personally for me, I am questioning the reality of the character mm -hmm. and which I think is awesome because I wanted to see that with Thor in like the first Thor movie. Like, yeah. is he, is he Donald Blake who just lost his mind or is he like an actual God of thunder? Like, you know what I mean? Like they could have played that theme for Thor in the first one. And then the second and third one. And now fourth could have been like the exposure to Thor's world and like further deep dive into it with, with this more curiosity as opposed to like, Oh well, Thor is actually uh, a part of a civilization that believes in magic and science working together and harmony. And like, I'm going in with a uh, with an expectation, whereas I should be going in with curiosity and wonder because it's it's he's supposed to be mythology and he's real. And the best part is, is Spider Man admits that he's like now Thor. We're studying Thor as if he that is no longer mythology. That's right, and that's beautiful. So with Moon Knight, what I love about it is like they're playing with the gray area of like, is this actually happening to him mm -hmm. or is he fractured or is he this fractured person who has built this world that is literally nonsense? Like they say it. They say it in the show. Ned Flanders says it. He says it's <laughs> nonsense, right? 
Um, it's non on sense. <laughs> exactly. But I'm curious. I'm curious if you could elaborate further on on why you think it's odd for you. I, I'm 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 genuinely curious. But but going back to the show, that scene, he talks. He even mentions Colonel freaking Bushman. He does it. He drops the Bushman name. We don't see him, which we knew that could be an outcome. Totally cool with that. Uh, and I finally yeah. looked him up, by the way. Oh, you did. I Ralph finally Bushman. googled Bushman. Yeah, yeah he looks think? like a, he 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 reminds like he looks like he would have been straight out of like a a '90s Street Fighter game. Like he just looks like that. Yeah, like, like he could he could uh, you could just throw him up there against Guile and they would fit right in. Yeah, he's got the skull face thing going, which is mm -hmm. really cool. Um, he looks like a he looks like kind of like a reject Bond villain if you if you want to get into details, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, so they mention Bushman and they do the beautiful shot of him like dragging his body to the Khonshu statue, which to me I was just like I even I even like and I you know I love a scene when I go back just to revisit the specific scene as opposed to watching a whole episode, which I did for Moon Knight in this episode. I watched that scene. Where he drags his body to Conchu, and Conchu is like, "Will you be my, you know, protector of the travelers of the night and do this?" And he's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Then rise, my moon eyes." Yeah, he said it. Oh my god, I love that scene so much. Oh, this, yeah, the. I think to to springboard off that and to tie it back to Argyle here, the odd of it all. I am so thankful that this show is odd. Um, because with all the promo stuff, again, talking about how it's, it's this dark, it's this really dark story. We've never done anything like this before. I was afraid we were just going to get daredevil with a different guy. And I didn't want that because one, we already have a show like daredevil. It's called daredevil. And two, that would be missing out on the huge opportunity to play to the strengths that is Moon Knight, his unique strengths, which are Egyptian mythology. And hey, I have this associative identity disorder. That could be a really cool thing to play with for a superhero. And if they had just stuck to like, I'm brooding on a New York rooftop and fighting mobsters, then sure, it's more realistic and more along the lines of what we've seen, but it's more along the lines of what we've seen. So I'm really super happy that we live in a world where not only does this show embrace the disassociative identity disorder, but it makes it a beautiful part of his character arc. It turns it into a Marvel moment, and we get a pregnancy hippo giving them a quest to balance their scales. The you know grade 11 me who took Egyptian mythology and ancient religion class because I wanted to learn all about that stuff was jumping up and down because I was like, I know this. I know how this works. Um, and uh, that's why no women visit me when I watch Moon Knight because I'm usually saying things like that. <laughs> I mean, I I was also a big fan of mythology. I, I read some books and all sorts of stuff. I have a book on like the different gods from the different different parts of the world. Um, but uh, yeah, I again like I this show is. But what I like about the show is it's it's all internal. There's very yeah. there's very little external elements to the show, which is and that's the another level another layer of why this show is so beautiful is because a lot of the characters in past Marvel content, it's a lot of external, like a lot of things they do have a lot of external effects, right? Like Iron mm -hmm. Man's perfect example, right? 
rich guy selling off these missiles and then gets caught up between double dealing and all this stuff. And now, you know, through the construction of his actions, he has to become Iron Man and solve all his problems and fix everything up. Um, and we have Christine Everhart to thank for helping him springboard that. Right, exactly. But Moon Knight's a very isolated incident. Like, he obviously, you know, he lost his brother and everything. But this show is all focused on what's going on inside of him. And this yes. character is not a sturdy character. That's what's beauty, beautiful about it. Like, it's an inward journey. But the, the inward journey is, a, is about a man who's like a fractured mind. And he has dealt with some serious trauma. So that is just crazy. So it's a really good. Um, and again, I love that scene. Oh, my God. When he rises up as Moon Knight. Uh, and the other cool thing about that scene is you kind of see, if you time it right, you kind of see the, the Moon Knight outfit, the, the black and the silver. Because there's different Ooh. layers to the armor, so when it when he first rises, his um, as the chest plate comes on him, it's all black underneath his uh, or his suit turns all black, and then next thing you know, the bandages wrap around him, and then he's got the ceremonial armor, which is really nice. really cool. So there is that moment as well. Uh, but again, just going back to it, it's it's such a this moment is such a comic book snapshot moment the statue the death the rise of moon Knight. it's like such a one two three hit it's so good and it sets up the character and the interesting thing about this episode there's not a lot of action there's not no it's so good oh it's it, there there's action but there's not that kind of action mm -hmm. there, there's like this story never felt like it was dragging its feet at all this week uh, exactly. I, I love how happy the Moon Knight moment made you feel. I'm picturing like when it happens and when he says rise, I'm picturing you also stand up and you have like a, a crescent and you're like, yeah. And next to you, Isabella's just on the couch still sitting. She's got like a mimosa. <laughs> it's a good scene. Um, there, yeah. I No, there's a thing I do when those moments happen is I sit on the edge of the seat and I lean forward and I'm just like, oh my God. That's that's and she just yes, but you're not wrong about her. She sits back with her not mimosa, probably a tea, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some sort of juice of the uh, Portuguese persuasion. But uh, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, no, it's but similar idea, similar idea. Nice, uh, and I love that you mentioned that he's not a stable character um, because I I noticed something really cool that the director did in this episode. Uh, speaking of things that are not on stable ground, uh, when we cut back to Harrow's office, to Ned Flanders' office, and he's trying to convince Stephen that this is real, this office is real, the camera is moving in a manner that makes you feel like you are still on a boat, as he really is. It, it was, I was, I'm watching, I'm looking at Ethan Hawke and I'm like, why do I feel just a tiny bit seasick? And I'm like, oh, it's because he's still on the boat. I was really impressed. That was a good, I don't know. I think, is it Mohammed Diab, the name of the guy who directs these? Yeah. He, yeah, good job, man. Good job. Honestly, I didn't even pick up on that. I, I wasn't paying attention to that at all. I was, I, again, I, my eyes were on like the, the character himself. Um, 
but uh, that's so true. That's really interesting. A uh, little nod there. But I do notice when there's like scenes, like before the thing, the, the directorial thing I noticed is when he's talking to uh, Steven through a mirror or through a reflection, mm -hmm. you'll notice that there's always a second mirror or something. Like there's a third, there's a third, like a third uh, uh, kind of mirror there. So, which is interesting because like, for example, the, the last episode, when he talks about him going to get protein, the mirror is cracked. So there's a full mirror and then there's a shattered mirror in the bottom. And then in the first two episodes, there's that mirror with the pyramid, the pyramid mirror right mm -hmm. at the end there. There's, there's the one, the one where he looks directly at him and then there's another mirror off to the side. So there's always like a third, there's a rule of thirds. It's like the mirror at the end of split where there's like the little mirror on the, on the, on the edge there. Uh, well, we still haven't opened that other sarcophagus yet. Yeah, it, I don't know, though. It, it, there's talks in the internet that, that, that they're going to reveal Jake Lockley, but I don't know. I, I'm not 100% convinced. It's like you know, they, could they could reveal him, but it kind of feels like it kind of feels like they might as well just jump straight to Moon Knight because like the this story they've constructed around Steve Grant and Mark is enough for me. Like you know what I mean? Like yes. I don't feel like I need more. Yeah, at this point, I don't know if Jake would be necessary. Personally, I'd rather who I'd rather see come out of that sarcophagus is little kid Mark. And Mark has to kind of reconcile with him and, mm -hmm. and you know, heal that, that wound. And when, if the, if the three of them can kind of pull together and heal, he can become a more whole person. Yeah. And then, and then he can literally rise as Moon Knight and come out of that water in Alexander's tomb and be like, nah, uh, um, cause the, the thing about this episode, I love the way it ended because even though it's very tragic, we, you know, in order for this to have a happy ending, now that we know what his backstory is, in order for it to have a happy ending, Stephen has to die, or at least like go away, right? Like he he has to. Um, he is a creation of torment, um, built as like a wall. So he, in order for Mark to become healthy again, he has to take that wall down. He has to lose that. And as much as we've grown to love Steven because he's just this totally affable British dude who just loves talking about Avatar, um, he is getting in Mark's way as a human being. So this mm -hmm. falling off into the sand of, of zombie horrors or whatever that's called kind of needed to happen. Now, I don't know if that's the right way for it to happen. Something tells me it might not be, but we're getting in the right direction. I think I, I agree with you that definitely should play out, but there is another way. There is another way. Ooh. Can you tell me right. but in Yoda's voice? No. <laughs> I definitely can't do that. Can you what at least tell I me can't... there is another in Yoda's voice? There, there is another. <gasps> no. There is another. <laughs> Um, I'm better at Obi Wan. I love doing Obi Wan. You are really good at Obi Wan. <laughs> it's my favorite. What, what would Obi Wan think if he watched Moon Knight? How, how do you? What would he say? Like, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think Obi Wan would be like, um, 
he would it would be kind of like him talking to vader kind of thing where he's mm -hmm. like uh he's like you can't win muck <laughs> i feel like that's the way to do it but um oh man yeah i love i love kenobi anyway <laughs> let's get back to the topic at hand here here's what i think is what what probably will play out if they use jake lockley which they still can they still they which would kind of be interesting to see him throw one more personality into the ring. My only issue is, is we don't have much time with Lockley. We won't, which uh, like, okay. Like you can do it that way if you want to. Here's what could happen. There's still another personality or another aspect of loss that you have to deal with. And that is you need to accuse yourself, right? Like he, Mark accepts what he does. He accepts it. Totally gets it. Totally knows why he has to do it. Totally knows why he did it, right? Steve protects him from blame, right? Because right. the whole point of Steve Grant is to just uh, essentially ignore, right? Just totally distract and ignore and, like, you know, refuse to accept what's happened. So Lockley, if Lockley does exist, he's going to blame Mark. He's going to make Mark feel terrible about everything. Mm -hmm. And then through that mixture, eventually helps center him into this person that like realizes that, you know what, he's, he's got he's to come to accept that he's, he's got he's to somehow learn from each character. Like, you know what? It's okay. Like I like Isabella said it best. There's a scene where Steven's kind of talking to him, and I think it was just after the origin scene, but he's like, he's manipulating you. Like, and Isabel's like, he's got like Steven's gotta say to him, like, it's not your fault. But yeah. but to get there, he needs to prove that he's learned. Like Hero needs to prove that he's learned everything he needs to learn to cross the threshold and become this new thing. Right, become the new hero, and and you know this hero's journey, if you will, if you if you if you follow Joseph Campbell enough. Um, but so in order to learn that, he needs to cross the threshold. So he needs to prove what he's learned. Um, so to, in order to do that, you need an adversary to prove. And Harrow's not technically the adversary. He's an obstacle, but he's not the adversary. The adversary is himself because he's avoiding. He's not. He's not. He's not standing his ground. Even when his mom blamed him and everything, he ran. So it would make sense that Lockley would be a third personality. It would be very much like his mother. Very angry, ah. blaming, accusing, and he needs to learn to stand his ground and fight and be the protector of the night. And that's how I think, that's how I think it could play out. But I like your other one as well. Because again, I they could not do Jake Lockley at all, and I don't think fans will be too upset. Like, yeah, they probably want to see him, but technically, you do see him. Like, you see Lockley, and that is like Mark. Mark technically is a balance of the two because Lockley was in the comics. Lockley was uh, an informant. He was played as an informant character. He would be a cab driver, and he would gather information for Mark, and then Mark would be the go-to guy to like execute after they've gathered and all that stuff. And Stephen Grant 
the in the comics was much different. He was a millionaire and he could he could fund whatever they needed to do. And then Moon Knight and Mr. Knight were, you know, one was like one was like full on Batman, you know, dealing vengeance. And the other one, Mr. Knight is a detective. He like would right. take all the evidence, solve the crime. So so it's 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 possible they could not do Lockley. And and like I said, it could play yours, which I agree with. He needs to he needs to meet his younger self and realize that it's not his fault or or even accept that it's happened and and <laughs> learn to start moving on. Stop holding on to it and let it go. Yeah, that is very well put. Mark has a lot of learning still to do. By the end of this episode, he has not changed yet. So that still has to happen. There's a third option that could be possible here. Um, and because this is something that MCU is really good at, which is they're great at giving us these characters in stages, uh, like the Hulk. We got the Hulk, we got him classic Hulk, and then eventually we got a little bit of uh, like smart Hulk. And then we got, you know, the, the Professor Hulk, or we might even see a Mr. Fix-It down like, and same with Ant-Man, we got normal Ant-Man and then we got him learning how to grow, etc. So we might end up with something like, we see Jake, but it's not in this show. It's whenever we see Moon Knight again. Uh, and that would be a great little treat uh, for fans, uh, for both the back and the front of the theater fans, because, you know, you have something going on, whatever it is, wh whoever the threat is, whatever's happening, and uh, something happens where it's like, oh, we see Oscar Isaac show up. And it's like, oh, damn, Moon Knight's here. And then they're like, hey, I, I don't know, some Avengers like, hey, dude, we heard you're a, a guy who does things. You want to come help us fight this guy? Uh, probably a little bit better written than what I just said. And then <laughs> he'll, he'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. My name is Jake Lockley. I'm an investment banker. And then everybody's like, oh, crap, there's another one. There's another one. What's happened to him since we last met him? Why is there another one? And it could create this little new sense of drama and do that thing that they've been so good at doing, which is giving us these uh, a staircase method of introducing us to different facets of one character. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right, actually, which would be fun. I think that would be a mm -hmm. fun way to introduce Jake Lockley, like, you know, have like Ant-Man in a cab. And, and yeah. then, you know, the guy turns around and he's like, yeah, hey, where do you want to go? And then like, you know, yeah, they could be looking for, they could be looking for Mark or they could be on it. They could be already on a quest and Mark's on the same quest and he's trying to gather more information. Right. Yes. I like, forgot about the cab driver thing. That's brilliant. Yeah. Right. So that would be a great way to introduce the, the, the personality. And I agree with you. Don't have to do it. You don't have to do it in this series. Do it, do it in another time. Because if you look at Thor's journey, Thor has had a long journey to get to where he is today. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, now he's one of the best and most fun characters in the MCU. Like when Thor two came out, I could tell you people weren't as excited to see it. You know what I mean? Like people were interested, but they weren't excited to see it. Ragnarok comes around. Everybody wanted to see that. And you can Dude, see every time I see images of what Malekith and curse are supposed to look like. It, it breaks my heart a little bit. Like, oh, really? God. That we could have oh, got yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But but then you get Ragnarok and you get Surtur and you but but Thor as a character is way more fun. Like he's he keeps losing. Like he doesn't he tries to do it. His, he 
He tries to do it his way, doesn't work. Tries to do it his dad's way, doesn't work, right? Like, and now he's trying to just figure things out. And Ragnarok is going to be perfect because now he's like, look, like I, I, I need to like get in touch with myself. And so now we're seeing an next iteration of that. So Moon Knight, you're right. Like we needs to learn. Obviously, he hasn't learned whatever he needs to learn yet. He's he definitely did a lot of learning in this episode, and that's the whole point of the scales was to balance himself out, right? right? And just as Steve died, he balanced himself out, which is really interesting. So so now he needs to prove what he learned. So that's going to be really good to see. And that's why this next episode is going to be awesome. I love the cliffhanger. This this episode was a great... Like, I'm surprised. And I'm actually genuinely surprised at Marvel because they normally would have, like, kicked off to him, like, I don't know, being resurrected. And like, okay, I need to find, you know, Khonshu and resurrect Moon Knight. No, that's not what happened in this one. They left him in the afterlife. And that's it. That's all we get. Which is it's perfect. A, it's a beautiful ending. It's a, a beautiful ending to a beautiful episode. Um, I just had a thought. You know what Marvel should do? And I don't think anybody would complain. Maybe like two people would complain. <laughs> Go for it. I, I, I'm serious here. You call up George Lucas. Okay, you say, George, we're going to give you a, a, a copy of Thor The Dark World. Can you special edition it? Ex exactly the same movie, but you just make Curse and Malekith look like this instead. I'd be like, yeah, my people can probably do that, whatever. And then we just <laughs> we get the special edition of the Dark World, where it's the same movie. They don't, you know, mm. nothing. You don't affect canon in any way. It's just now Curse and Malekith look better. They don't yeah. look like bland gray orcs. Um, I think everybody's happy. What a better world that would be. There'd be peace on the streets, I think. Less war. That's what I, feel, I feel like that's what would happen. Honestly, like, I, I look back at Thor Dark World, and if you strip it to its bare-bones story, there's a lot of promise there. There's a mm -hmm. lot of promise. And throughout the movie, there's some moments of, a, like, I'm like, oh, damn, this could have been, been really good. Um because like they had everything to make it go right bringing someone on who did game of thrones genius yeah. that was a good aesthetic tone for thor um and then starting to bring in more humor with thor genius have yes. fun with it uh and then thor having to break out his brother from prison fun story genius mm -hmm. uh but yeah i i mean overall though Again, I think what really hurts, and that's why, again, now I'm stoked for Love and Thunder, what they're going to do with Jane Foster. Because she she was, and it's not even, it's not even remotely close to um, a Natalie Portman's fault. It's just bad no, writing. No, it's not. She was a victim of bad writing. Yeah. And, and you know, this, like, this new Jane Foster is going to be woke. I'm excited and I can't wait because she, unfortunately, her character was the weakest link of the entire thing. Yeah. And, and you know, that's why Ragnarok, she wasn't even in it. And it was amazing. And now, Love Thunder, she's back. 
and I am curious to see what they're going to do with her. And or like Taika, man, I'm I'm so proud of you. You you did it, man. You did it. And so this is going to be fun. But yeah, I'm I'm very stoked. Very stoked. Yeah, we, Thor deserved the Ragnarok treatment, and now so does she. So yeah, it's she. so nice that that she gets that. Um, and in terms of Moon Knight, we got one week left. Uh, we we gotta we gotta play in odds or something. We gotta we gotta figure something out here. Um, right. So oh, hold on, hold on. Bringing it back. So he's okay. the show has ended with him in the afterlife. He's now in the fields. Yes. Um, field, yes of reeds, field of reeds, where we all hope reeds. to go one day. A field of reeds, probably swarming with pollen. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I would have many allergic attacks there. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. But uh, so like we said. It kind of, I kind of feel like we're on to something here with this whole hero's journey thing. He's now learned a lot. He's now, because he even learned in the last episode, the last episode was him learning about his relationship with Layla. And just as he, just as he got like to a perfect ground with Layla and like Steve was getting a fresh new love life with her, he dies. Yeah. And she also finds out what happened to Mark and why he was protecting her the whole time. So that relationship was technically fixed because all the, all the cards were on the table and then he dies. And then now it's back onto him as a person. And, and he, this episode was about him learning who he was as a person. And, and so, um, so now this is kind of like the never tell me the odds moment. So what do we think the last episode is? We mentioned like a moment, which is obviously him proving maybe Jake Lockley is like totally uh, aspect of his mother. That's like, you know, you did it. You're a murderer. You know, you're this terrible, terrible person. Um, you deserve to die, blah, blah, blah. And like yeah. maybe even fights him a bit, um, which would be cool. Him fighting himself, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... But we still haven't talked about the the episode as a whole yet. As like, what do you think is going to happen? Wow, good question. I mean, what I love so much right now is I am so in the dark. I have no idea how, like we all saw last week, Harrow shot him in the heart. Uh, So it's like, it doesn't even look like something he can walk off. So I have no idea how... Obviously, we are seeing him going through psychological and spiritual healing, but we have no idea how that is going to affect his physical healing. Uh, I don't know if the powers of, of the suit give him some kind of ability to be like, oh, nope, that bullet's coming right back out, and I'm fine. But the thing is, he doesn't even have the suit anymore. His conchu is a statue. So I think it would have to be, if he's in... The, the Reed world or whatever, I think his only option to physically get back out is to find Conchu there and take him with him. Ooh, that's good. Oh, man. That is good. Because otherwise, yeah, I don't see a way for him to get out of this. Well, okay, so to, to, to uh, pregnancy hippo. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnancy Hippo said that you could, um, you I could bring you back, but 
but you would be dying again. Like mm -hmm. the second I bring you back, you're going to be dying and you, you won't have much time. So there's that possibility. However, the scales did balance and he was sent. So that, that to me, that, that rules it out. I don't think so. My bet is there's still Layla is still very much an ingredient in this whole thing. Yeah. And I, I, my money's on her. That's, that's my minute ever tell me the odds. What are, so I think you're saying that he's going to find Conchu in the field of reeds. My bet is, is it's all on Layla. Layla is his last hope. Yeah. Because two, there's two reasons. There's two reasons why I'm betting on this. One, Conchu said he would pick her. Ooh, okay. Uh -huh. As his, as his next one. So she, if she frees him, it's very possible that she could be Moon Knight for a little bit there. Right. Um, it's kind of like Ghost now. Rider. Like it just kind of, you know, whoever the, because like you said, he is an avatar of Mephisto. So. Yeah. Well, not, not, well, he's exactly. Yes. Ghost Rider is an avatar of Mephisto. And mm -hmm. there, there has been a lady Ghost Rider. That's right. I don't know. Let me check right now. I don't know if in the comics if there's ever been a, a Lady Moon Knight, but but again, because there's so little known about Moon Knight, they might have the freedom at least for her to to carry the torch and get get like get Conchu back to Mark Spector because of his skill and ability. Like she's a fighter, but she's not she's not a mercenary. Like she doesn't have military training or nothing. But she's a fighter. She knows what she's doing. Oh, she killed the mummy. Yeah, she killed a mummy. So she could break Conchu out and say, we need to save Mark. And and then she becomes like Moon Knight to a point where they get back to where Mark is. And then in order to save Mark from permanent death, arise back to yes. life. Because we know Conchu can bring him back to life. Oh, yeah, he's he's pretty much the only thing that can. I think at this point, he, I think magic is his only way to come back. Um, and I I wonder if uh, in the future this is what's going to connect him to the rest of the world here. I wonder if being this close to the other side is going to draw the attention of people like Strange, of people like Mephisto, of people like blade or whatever you know people who are on the pulse of that or the lack of pulse of that so to speak thank you folks thank you. Thank you. please hold your applause please hold, please hold your laughter please um so there could be uh like that as a as a little fun way in the future even in some like werewolf by night which we still don't really know much about to be like okay this guy he's not just a guy with a nice suit who fights like he's seen some stuff he's seen some realms uh he has knowledge that very few people do we we need to you know use that knowledge and this could be good people or bad people saying this which i think uh could put moon knight in some really fun situations further down the road right yeah oh and there's uh, possible possible for sure uh oh man i'm i'm actually still trying to see here if it's there it's are some lady drawings there there are some drawings of a lady moon knight there are some drawings which looks like 
that there looks like that Marvel did, but it's still kind of iffy. Um, just give me one more second here. Well, we are in uh, the era right now. I mean, Phase Four is all about like the ladies are coming. Uh, we, got, we got Lady Thor. We got Lady Iron Man coming out. Like it, it is, it is a thing. So that is, I mean, and Layla is primed and ready to go. So why not? Yeah. So yeah, no. I, okay, so far I don't have any official knowledge of Moon Knight ever being a lady, mm-hmm. uh, but I it would be a nice change. Yeah, it would be a nice change. It would be a nice change of pace if that actually happened. Yeah. I I don't know. I think we're both still. I I think we're on the right track. And this could be this. Could, I'm not gonna lie, and which is both exciting and awesome. This could be the closest Infinity Rewatch has ever been to predicting an outcome of of a show. You're right, because usually we suck at this. Usually we're like, we're, and then Mephisto is going to show up, and then yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Loki, Mephisto's coming. It's totally gonna happen. <laughs> which yeah, which totally didn't. Um, but yeah, no, I actually this one has been the closest because we, we, uh, we, you know, and uh, I'm gonna say we, we, I'm gonna lead with we because we're a team and it takes one to get the answer out of the other. So we figured out that the the origin story would be relived in the show and we checked that box, checked it. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty proud of us. Good job, good job, Sam. us. And uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm very curious now to see how this is going to play out. But I think this show is perfect. Honestly, I, I, I would love to see the character appear in more things. Do I think he needs a sequel? No, I don't think he does. No. I think this is a perfect character in a nutshell. And from, from whatever happens here on in, I would love to see him appear in other things, but I don't need him to have more stories and all this stuff. Agreed. A sequel would feel redundant at this point. It would, it would just feel like a early, like a '90s slash early 2000s superhero movie. Where it's like, okay, what villain should we have him fight next? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not the way we roll anymore. Uh, we don't times, need that they are at all. Changing. <laughs> so. Indeed, indeed. This is exa- when Bob Dylan wrote that song. He was thinking of Moon Knight and how it was going to be, you know, a much more evolved thing than than what Hollywood was cranking up before. He knew. He was. He, knew. he had his finger on the pulse, too. Uh, Ryan, if people want to put their finger on your pulse, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me always on Twitter at Crusader Online, or you can find me on the Instagram uh, at Ryan J. Whitehead. That's where I post more of my personal stuff if you just want to see what my life looks like. Uh, and you can always find me streaming live on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox. Canada, what up? Live every Tuesday and Thursday from two to four. Beautiful, and you can find me on the streaming uh, thing right here. On uh, you can find me on Infinity Rewatch and the Rebel Scum Podcast Network and Digital Charcuterie every once in a while as well. Where you are watching this, if you're listening, you're listening to it on a separate thing, but that's okay because we love you just as much if you listen. Uh, and you can also find me on uh, Lord Elon's uh, Twit which is the new name of the, uh, the, the platform Twitter. Uh, so you can find me twitting there and also gramming on the Insta as another thing that I do 
as a person who knows how technology works. App. Yeah. App, app is a word that science folks use, so I know it's smart. But anyways, thank what you so it stand much. For? It stands for apply yourself to our thing, and you can. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It stands for apples because apples are what uh, Sir Isaac Newton used to determine that gravity was a thing. And without gravity, our phones wouldn't work because they keep floating out of our hands. So, <laughs> Love it. Nailed it. You're welcome. Uh, but that's it for Infinity Rewatch today. Ryan J. Marvel, you have been amazing, as always. Andrew, you've been okay. Uh, you've been Steven, amazing, Andrew. Thank you. Steven, I think, was the heart and soul of the show, though, right, Steven? Yeah, you sure all right about that, mate. I love being on your podcast. You never let me talk about uh, next week, Stephen, I promise. Until that time, Stephen and all of you, have a marvelous day.